Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to continue our lesson that we started quite a few weeks ago, lesson number 9, uh, as we're going through this curriculum of discovering your destiny and how important it is that we as teenagers begin to make decisions right now in our life that, um, that we're conscious that the decisions that we're making will lead us to the destiny that God has created us for. And so throughout this series, we've been talking about the importance of decisions. We've been talking about if we're going to reach the destiny for which we were created by God, we're going to have to have some tools in our life. We said we're going to have to have a sober mind. We have to be serious towards the things of God. We said we have to have a pure heart. If we don't have a pure heart, then we're not going to be able to get to where God wants us to get. And then we learn that we need to have a courageous spirit, and that we got to be brave in the decisions that we're making. It can't just be something that we're kind of playing church. we got to really believe what the Bible says. And so many times, young people, it's so easy, if you grow up in church, it's so easy to get into a mindset of, well, this is just what I do. It's what I do on Sunday mornings. It's what I do on Sunday night. This is what I do on Wednesday nights. And never really allow the truth of God's word to start getting into our hearts. And the psalmist said in Psalms chapter 119, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Verse 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And unless we begin to believe that in our lives, you'll never make the right decisions in your life that'll lead you to God's destiny for your life, the purpose for which you were created. So we talked about that. And then two weeks ago, we got into the fourth tool that we're going to need, and that is God's wisdom. God's wisdom. Now, we said in your notes really quick, wisdom of God is defined as what God sees. In other words, seeing life from God's perspective, seeing life from God's perspective. You see, if you're going to be wise in this life, then you're not going to be able to just see life in any just way. Not all ways are the same ways. Not all uh, paths are the right paths. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 27, he said, lead me, Lord, in the right path. Lead me in the right path, because that means there's a wrong path. There's a, a path that is going to lead you away from God's plan. And so it's so important for you and I to understand tonight that if we're going to be walking the right kind of path, we're going to need God, God's wisdom, and that is seeing life from God's perspective. We said this in your notes, and we'll go through them rather quickly as a matter of introduction. Number one, we said God sees dangers that you cannot see. Uh, God sees dangers that you cannot see, and it's important for you and I to understand God's understanding of what's coming in our life is better than our understanding. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but God does. Uh, Tim Tebow used to say this, and he's not the one that originated this saying, but he, he used to always say, I don't know what tomorrow hold, holds, but I know who holds my tomorrow. And that's just looking at God and saying, God, you know more than I do. God, you see more than I can see. Not only does he see dangers, but God sees blessings that you cannot see. Sometimes God says, I don't want you doing this. And you say, I don't even see anything wrong with it. I don't know why church, why God's word has something against this. I just don't see something wrong with this. And you don't see the danger of that. But then there are other times where God says, I want you to do this. And you go, why do I need to do that? Why do, why do I need to follow that? 
And it's the reason is because God sees blessings that you cannot see from doing that. And it's so important for us to, if we're going to have godly wisdom in our life, to understand, number one, God sees dangers you cannot see. Number two, God sees blessings you cannot see. Number three, God understands a purpose that you don't understand. God understands a purpose that you don't understand. And this is big because during these years of our life, during the teenage years, you have a lot of questions. Uh, Sometimes you begin to question why you're in the family you're in. Sometimes you begin to question why why do you look the way you look? Sometimes in our teenage years, we can think, man, I wish I was as good looking as that guy over there or as athletic as that guy, or if I wish I was as pretty as that girl. And and you begin to, to think all of the things that, man, God messed up with me. How come they get all of the attention? How come they have all of that uh, blessing and I, I'm missing out? And the truth of the matter is, is that God understands a purpose that you don't understand right now. There's a purpose for why God allowed you to be in the family that you're in. There's a purpose why God gave you the face that you have. There's a purpose of why God gave you the athletic ability or the lack thereof for a reason. And you've got to believe and you've got to understand this evening. If I'm going to have godly wisdom, that means I've got to say this. That means God knows the dangers that are ahead of me that I don't see. That means God uh, sees the blessings that I don't understand right now or I cannot see right now. Number three, God understands a purpose that I don't understand. And then fourthly, God offers to let you see and understand what he sees and understands. Godly wisdom, think about it this way, is God letting you in on his plan. Now that's big. Because we all want to know things, right? We all want to know what the plan is going to be. You go on a vacation with your parents, you, you usually ask once you get to the hotel or wherever you're going, what are we going to do tomorrow? You want to know. What's the plan? Where are we going to go? What are we going to visit? What are we going to see? Everybody wants to know the plan. And let me tell you something. As you get into your older years and, and going through these teenage years, sometimes you're wondering, what is God's plan? What is it that he wants me to do? What, what is it that I'm supposed to study? What is it I'm supposed, what's going to be the career for my life? And let me tell you something. God's not trying to hide that from you. God wants to share with you what his plan is. Now, here's the problem sometimes when it comes to that, is that we want to get a little impatient with God. Sometimes we want God to show us the whole plan. Sometimes, and I remember when I was your age, I want to know, who am I going to marry? How many kids am I going to have? And where am I going to live? What am I going to do? And you know that when I was 15, 16, and 17, God never told me, you're going to marry a little Filipino girl. Never. He never said, hey, your wife's in San Diego. Don't worry about it. You'll be all right. He never, he never told me, oh, you're going to have two kids. It's going to be great. You're going to love them. Never told me any of that. What he did share with me was this. Jeremy, I'm calling you to serve me. Will you follow? And so I followed. Then he said, hey, uh, Jeremy, this is the type of girl I want you to date. Will you date her? So I started dating the right kind of girl. And then he showed me in his word, this is the kind of girl you want to marry. And it looks like the girl that you're dating is probably a good candidate for marriage. So will you marry her? That's what I did. I couldn't have told you at age 15 what I was going to be doing at age 35. I had no idea. But see, God gave me enough of his plan 
And I had to trust him enough that he could see what I could not see. And I had to believe God is letting me in on part of the plan. He's not giving me everything because I couldn't handle it. Okay, I, pro- I, I guarantee you, I could not handle it. But he's giving me just enough that I can handle. See, here's the thing, young people. It's kind of like um, if you want to do engineering, right? Some of you I know have that kind of desire in your heart. You'd like to go into engineering. Some of you want to go into, into the medical field. But you know that on the first day of class, they don't tell you everything. They don't go, oh, you want to be a doctor? Well, let me tell you all the ways that the heart works. Let me, let me let you. No. That's why you go to school for more than one day. Because everything that you need to know about what you're going to study cannot be learned in just one day and in one class. It takes years. After years of going every day, every day, every day, they'll get to a point where they'll go, all right, you've passed your classes, you've got the knowledge you needed, now let's go. Get into the world, real world, get your, get your job, and begin to practice what you've learned. You know, God does the same thing in our life, young people. He's not going to tell us the whole thing. You wouldn't get it anyway. So he says, here, here are some bite-sized lessons that you need to learn. And so what you need to decide as young people and what I need to decide in my life is, am I willing to learn what God is teaching me right now? Because if you can't, if, listen, if you can't add and you can't memorize that 2 plus 2 equals 4, there's no way you're building a bridge. There's no way. If you can't do simple math, there's no way you're doing algebra, okay? That's why they teach simple math first. God is going to give you some bite-sized principles so that you can learn and get in his path. So wisdom, seeing what God sees. There in your notes, secondly, the value of wisdom for your future decisions. Let's talk about this real quick. Number one, fools die because they don't have it. Did I go too fast on that, by the way? I don't even know how to go back. Can you go back to the previous slide? One more. There you go. The value of wisdom for your future decisions. The value of wisdom for your future decisions. I know sometimes in these notes, it's more than just one word fill in the blank. So I don't want to go too fast, but the value of wisdom is what we want to talk about real quick. The value of wisdom for your future decisions. In other words, why you need wisdom to make the right decisions for your future. All right. Now, let's go into that next one. Number one, fools die because they don't have wisdom. The Bible clearly states there's a lack of knowledge and the foolish person has decided, I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want anything to do with his truth. And let me tell you, because of that, there's a lot of suffering in our world. I mean, let's face it. Sin came into the world because one person, really two people, Adam, but also Eve, and decided that they knew a little bit more than God knew. And so instead of having wisdom in that decision, they decided to say, well, I know what's best. The fruit looks okay. It doesn't look that bad. You know, that serpent's making a lot of good points. You know what he says makes a lot of sense. And now we live in a world full of suffering. Fools die because they don't have wisdom. Secondly, wisdom is better than any worldly possession. Any worldly possession. There's really nothing greater in your life that will bring you peace, joy, satisfaction, nothing. No possession can do that. I've shared with with you guys so many times. Just look at Hollywood. 
Look how many of these successful people that have millions of dollars, millions, and yet they're not happy. Why are they not happy? Because if you ask me, sometimes if I were to tell you guys, hey, I'm not only going to buy you a PlayStation, I'm going to buy you and all your friends a PlayStation. You think, yeah, that's going to make us happy. We're going to be great. But you know what happens is you buy the PlayStation, and then you find that after you play it for a while, it gives you a short-term joy. There is a little short-term where this is like, this is awesome. But then it's not so awesome. That's why we're up to four PlayStations. I still think the PlayStation number one is pretty cool. You guys probably think that that's the dumbest, you know, you probably wouldn't play it anymore. Like, the graphics are so bad, the games are so slow. That's why you... After PlayStation 1, they said, you know what, we can do this better, and they'll go PlayStation 2. And then everybody that had the PlayStation 1 that thought, man, this is really awesome, this is great gaming, suddenly they look over there and they go, oh, PlayStation 2, well, this one sounds pretty cool too. And you start playing that, and you're playing FIFA, and you're like, oh, man, the little monito, he looks okay. Then PlayStation 3 comes out, and you're going, oh, my word, these guys look like they're actual people out there. I mean, the other day, we were going through the mall. I don't know if you all have seen, have you all seen the little kiosk that's there by the Disney store and stuff? They sell all this soccer stuff. Yeah, I was walking by, and I, they have on the TV, they have the, uh, like, FIFA plane. I thought it was a real game. I'm not even joking. I was like, oh, man, did you see that goal? And then I got closer, and I'm like, oh, it's a game. It's not, I mean, I thought it was a real game. I mean, it's just a, 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 a computer game. It looks so real. But let me tell you something. In case you don't know, there's going to be a PlayStation 5, or there's going to be something better in a year or two. That's why possessions cannot bring you joy no matter what it is no matter what it is you think you can have a car oh if i could get this car i'd be so happy you know what happens though is that when you get the 2019 corvette that looks unreal the problem is in 2020 they come out with another one wisdom is better than any worldly possession wisdom will give you the joy that no possession can give you then i want you to notice this in your notes following godly wisdom brings true success it brings true success you're there in proverbs chapter 4 it says verse number 5 chapter 4 verse number 5 get wisdom get understanding forget it not neither from the words of my mouth look at verse number 7 wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all thy getting get understanding the bible over and over especially in the book of Proverbs, talks about how important wisdom is is following godly wisdom by the way the key word in this phrase here maybe you should underline it in your notes following godly wisdom not just having godly wisdom let me tell you something the person that wrote verse number five and verse number seven in your bible wisest person the world's ever known by far king solomon wisest person but he didn't follow it he had a lot of wisdom he had a lot of understanding, but he never lived it out. By the end of, the, uh, of his life, you find that he had uh, 700 wives, 300 concubines, over 1,000 women in his life. He began to worship idols. The Bible said that they began to turn his heart away from God. He had a lot of wisdom, and this is what he was trying to share with his son, and he's telling him, son, don't do the same mistake I did. But if you read the story, did you know his son, Rehoboam, did exactly the opposite of what, his, what he said in, in, in his advice. You know why? I believe that Rehoboam saw in his father an example that was not following wisdom. 
He probably said, man, my, dad, my dad's real smart. My dad knows a lot of things, but you know, I've seen my dad. And I don't even know if he believes half of what he's saying. Uh, you might identify with that. You might be in the same home where that happens. But let me tell you something. It's not an excuse for not following. It might be that your mom's not following godly wisdom. It might be your dad's not following godly wisdom. That's no excuse for you not to follow godly wisdom. That means to apply it in your life, to live it out every day. That's the key. Wisdom only works if you're applying it. Only time it's going to work. Now here's some new material for this evening. There in your notes. Thirdly, finding and applying the wisdom of God. Finding and applying the wisdom of God. You see, in God's word, Proverbs 4, verse 7, it says the principal thing, the main thing, he says, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. The finding and applying of the wisdom of God makes all the difference in your life. You see, words really can't describe the impact that wisdom does. It really can't. It changes the way you see things. It changes the way you'll react and respond to what happens in your life. I'm telling you, wisdom changes everything. I don't have time tonight, but if I were to ask the sponsors who are about 15 years to 20 years ahead of you guys in life, but if I were to ask them, just share with us some of the experiences of people that they've known, those that have made right choices and those that have made wrong choices, and, and just share some of the results in those lives, and anyone can see, those that have chosen to go in a wrong way, to go against the wisdom of God, they're not happy today. They're not. And if you don't know anyone like that, give it a few years and you'll see them. You see the, the person in your high school right now that's just living against God, and they think they're going to be so happy, just give them about 10 years and you'll find out where it leads them. That's why I'm so thankful, young people. If you go to Portable 16 right now, there's quite a few people that were in your shoes just 10 years ago. They're 25 now. And they made right choices. And we celebrated at their wedding. And it was awesome. And we had a great time. And if you ask them, how's their marriage? They're excited about being married. And they have fun in their marriage. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Doesn't everybody? No. You can get to age 25, 26, and 27 and hate your wife and then just divorce her. No, you see, if you want to really have a good marriage and if you really want to enjoy life, make right decisions. Look at some of those college students that are no longer even college students, some of those young married couples. I would encourage you, get to know them. Follow their example. I'm so thankful that when they were in our youth group where you're sitting right now, that they decided, I'm going to date the right kind of person. Because see, if you start dating the right kind of person, the probability of marrying the right kind of person goes up significantly. I'm glad that in their dating life, they didn't say, well, you know, if, 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 you know, if, we, if we always just follow the rules, I mean, we're not going to have fun in our dating life. I'm glad that they kept themselves pure. I know most people today don't even know why the bride uses a white dress. It signifies purity. 
It, it, it signifies, I've kept myself for you. I'm thankful that we have that. By the way, you say, well, if I've already messed that up, that means it's all over? No, it's not all over. That's why we, we serve a God that is gracious, a God that is forgiving. The psalm that uh, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. The Bible says he has not dealt with us after our iniquities. He says, for as high as the heaven is above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. Let me just say that if you're battling that tonight, you say, but I've made some wrong choices in life. Listen, so did King David. But it doesn't have to define your life. Uh, you, you can decide now, tonight, I'm going to live wisely. Because that's what we're talking about, finding and applying God's wisdom in your life. Then in your notes, I want you to notice this. Number one, true wisdom comes only from God. True wisdom comes only from God. James chapter 3 says, Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works, in other, a good lifestyle, his works with meekness and wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, he says, descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Here's what James is saying, and you and I need to understand this. There is true wisdom, and then there is false. There is a right way of looking at it, and there is a wrong way of looking at things. Now, young people, listen to me, because you're growing up in a world where everybody says, well, there is no absolutes. Truth is whatever you think it is. You're living up, and you're growing up in a world, young people, where they say, you can be whatever gender you want to be. No, you can't. No, you can't. The Bible says God made them male and female. You're one of the two. And I know they don't like it. And let me tell you, why does somebody get to the point where they feel like I'm not comfortable with my gender? I want to change my gender. Let me tell you where that comes from. See, what happens is when you begin to deny God, right? I don't believe in God. I don't believe in his existence. I don't believe that one day I'm going to stand before a divine God, a, a, an almighty God that I'm going to answer to. When you take that away, then you take away purpose of life and you say, well, then there really is no purpose. Life is, is only what you make it and what you want to believe. And when you get to that point, then you say, well, then if there is a God, then he made a mistake. And if there isn't a God, then I can decide what I want to be. And I identify however I want to identify. That's why the Bible says, for he's appointed unto men once to die. And after this, the judgment. Say, when somebody begins to deny that truth, then it leads them down a path where they don't even know who they are. Listen to me. James is saying there is wisdom that is sensual and devilish. There is this wisdom that's earthly wisdom. There's reasoning that people say, I think that this is right, and you have to be strong enough and understand and believe the truth of God to help them see things the right way. And let, let me tell you, young people, it's going to be difficult in your generation. It's going to be difficult. 
True wisdom comes only from God. Let me just say this. Godly wisdom experiences worldly opposition. This is why it's going to be difficult for you to stand up for God. Because you're going to get... Now, we've always had opposition. But let me tell you something. We're getting more and more opposition that's stronger and stronger. You know what they'll say if you say, well, I just don't believe because the Word of God says that a gay lifestyle does not honor God. Oh, you're a bigot. Oh, you're a racist. Oh, you're a hateful person. I'm hateful? Because I say what the Word of God says. It's not even my words. These are God's words. Oh, but you're hateful. That's why it's hard today in our day and age for you guys in school to stand up and say, I just believe what the Bible says. It's going to be hard. You can have worldly opposition. Listen, don't be surprised when somebody goes and starts ripping you on Twitter or on Facebook or, you know, you, you, you tell a friend at school, hey, I, I'm just, or, or you tell somebody at school, hey, I'd like to invite you to our church. And, 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 and you begin to, to explain to them what Christ did on the cross. And you begin to explain to them that uh, not every lifestyle is okay. Not every decision in life is okay. Not all paths lead to God, but there's only one way. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you begin to share that. And suddenly they go to your Facebook and they start leaving comments. Don't be surprised. Godly wisdom will always bring strong worldly opposition. It will do it every time. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, the natural man, that means the unsaved man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Most people that you'll speak to that are not saved, listen, they're not going to understand why you're saying what you're saying. But you've got to tell them anyway. That's why Jude told those that were in his church that he was writing to those Christians. He said, and of some, and of some, he said, making a difference. Doing your best to convince them, to share with them, to make a difference. I encourage you tonight, listen, see the value of wisdom. See the value of wisdom. See what it's done for your families. See what it's done for our church. See what it's doing for young couples that are just starting their families. Look at the older couples in our church. Look at families like uh, the, the older couples like the, the Ibarras or the Saldanas. And they've been married, some of them, for 40, 50 years. They still love one another. They're not looking to get away from each other. I've seen them. They sit in the very back. You've all seen them. They don't even get on the benches anymore. they got their own chairs back there. They love it. And they come every stinking service. And I've never seen them just bitter against one another. I've seen them help each other out of their car. And I've seen them just love one another. You say, well, where does that love come from? From godly wisdom. That doesn't just happen because I'm wearing a ring and I got married. See the value of godly wisdom. See what it does. See the blessings that it brings. Let me give you another one this evening. Godly wisdom is more valuable than higher education. That may shock some of you. 
but it's more valuable than higher education. We live in a world where education seems to be everything. Education is power and influence. Education is the answer for our social and political problems. Education is the idol of many people in our country today. The problem is they don't understand what education is. You see, you can't have true education without having wisdom. Now, you can get wisdom without being educated formally in a school. But let me tell you something. If you've got wisdom, you have true education in your life. It's kind of like dribbling a basketball. If you think about dribbling a basketball, right, you can think of that as wisdom. Anybody can dribble basketball. Just some, because somebody bounces a ball like this doesn't make them a basketball player, right? But they can dribble. But if you want to play basketball, you better know how to dribble because if you don't know how to dribble, you can't play basketball. Dribbling is fundamental to the game. Without that, you can't play the game, right? That's education. You see, wisdom, the dribbling makes education possible, makes the game possible. If you have wisdom in your life, let me tell you something, you have something that's way more important and way more valuable than just higher education. Listen, it doesn't impress me tonight, those that say, oh, I have a master's and I have a doctor's degree. Man, that's great. That means you've paid a lot of money to a lot of people for a little piece of paper that says you know what you think you know. And I'm... Don't envy anybody that wants to pay that money, go ahead. And I'm not against somebody that has a master's or a doctorate. I'm, I'm thankful for those that want to study and do that. But just because you have that title doesn't mean you have wisdom in your life. Doesn't mean you have the most valuable thing that you could have in life. And for many people, that's what it is. For many, sometimes, listen, you get through your teenage years and you'll find guys that, and girls that are like, oh man, I, I gotta go to Harvard or I gotta get into this Ivy League school. I gotta go to the University of Texas. I need to go to Texas A&M because they have real education there. Really? Schools that have denied the truth of the word of God is not higher education. It's lower education. See it for what it is, young people. See it for what it is. Anything and anyone that's getting you away from the truth of God's word isn't educating you. They're making you ignorant. We have a lot of people that have all these ideas about higher education and very little knowledge of the truth of God, the word of God. That's why we have the problems we have, young people. Because they look at education like it's some paper you've got to fill out. Some course you got to go through. Let me tell you something. Wisdom is so much more valuable than that. Education comes as a result of applying God's wisdom in our life. I think if you were to ask me personally, let me just tell you, this is just Jeremy speaking. This is not Bible. This is just Jeremy speaking. But I, I, I hold in much higher regard someone that just sacrifices and says, I'm going to go to a school that's going to uphold the truth of God's word like a Christian college than someone that goes to the University of Texas. So Jeremy, I thought you were a Longhorn fan. I am. I like their football team. That's all I like. I don't think that their education is all that great. If I did, 
I would have applied there and gone there myself. It's just not that great of a school. They don't give you anything valuable. This book will. Decide now, you know what? I'm not going to go to the highest paying schools that have all this recognition. I just want to go to a place that's going to teach me the word of God. You know, there are plenty of Christian schools that teach you how to become a nurse and a doctor and a lawyer and all the kinds of things. I get tired sometimes of hearing all these teenagers that feel like, oh man, I'm so great. I'm going to this school. I'm going to Harvard. I got to, to Dartmouth. And what? You got to a place that denies the existence of God. Good for you. Look at the way the professors live. Look at the laws that they think are really good laws. Look at what it's doing to our society. That's what you want to be a part of? See things for what they are. See, that, that wisdom allows you. Like I said, that's, that's what I've learned in 35 years. I'm just telling you what I think at this point. Well, you hate anybody that doesn't go? No, I don't hate anybody that doesn't go. I'm just trying to tell you, as you're going through these times in your life, let me tell you something. Pick something that's more valuable than what everybody else thinks is. Godly wisdom is much more valuable than higher education, I can tell you that. They look at you as someone that's, uh, that believes the Bible, and they say, oh, you're closed-minded. Oh, higher education is all about being open-minded. No. Higher education is all about seeing things the wrong way. Godly wisdom is seeing things the right way. Decide, I'm going to have godly wisdom in my life. I'm going to have the right kind of mind. I don't really, listen, you ask me, Jeremy, do you want to be open-minded or closed-minded? You know what I want to be? Christ-minded. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of mind I'd like to have. That's the kind of mind that leads to true success. That's the kind of, uh, of mind that leads to a real purpose of life. Let me say this, godly wisdom is gained by asking God. James says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. God gives you freely, and he gives you a lot of it. All you got to do is ask. That's it. And nobody in here doesn't know how to ask, because we all have parents, and we all know how to ask when we need something or want something. Here's the thing. Sometimes when you ask your parents, sometimes it's a yes, sometimes it's a no, right? I mean, that's just the reality of things. Sometimes you want a new game system, and sometimes you go and ask your parents, sometimes the answer is no. Let me tell you about wisdom with God. It's always yes. Always yes. And then you know, it's God blesses those who ask for wisdom. God blesses those who ask for wisdom. Sometimes people ask, well, how do I get God's blessing in my life? You just ask for it. Just ask for it. God will give you wisdom. God will give you his blessing. And I want to say this, you'll never feel like you have wisdom. If you ever see somebody that feels like they've arrived, 
like I already know everything, there's somebody that doesn't have a lot of wisdom. They have a little bit of wisdom. They don't have a whole lot of wisdom. Okay. Someone that's growing in godly wisdom, someone that's living in godly wisdom never feels like I already know it all. They're always thinking, what more can I learn? What more can I apply into my life? What more do I need in my life? That's what godly wisdom does, young people. You'll never feel like you always have it all. But let me tell you something. It's the most valuable thing in your life. Proverbs 4, 7. Proverbs 4. Wisdom is the principal thing. So get wisdom and get understanding. It's the principal thing. And I'm telling you, if you're going to reach the purpose for what God has given you, the purpose for what God created you for, if you're going to reach your destiny, let me tell you something. You're going to need this tool in your life. Godly wisdom. See life from God's perspective. Young people, see it from his perspective. And if you can do that, I'm not going to show you the whole plan, but if you can just decide tomorrow that I'm going to do the little that God has showed me already, then God will show you more. That's the way godly wisdom works. That's why you never feel like you've got it all. You ask me, oh, Pastor, you think you have a lot of wisdom? I don't, but I'm learning little by little every day. And it's been awesome. It's a fun adventure. It really is. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to see how God thinks. You know, God said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, near my ways, your ways. As the heaven is above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts. You know what I have found? It's true. It's true. Sometimes there's things that, I, I, you know, that God does, and I'm like, huh? Okay. And later I go, oh, I see that. And young people, if you, if you just start with godly wisdom right now, I know, I know you're maybe 13, 14, or 15, whatever you are, your age, 10 years from now, I promise you, you'll go, oh, I see it. I see it. You won't be in here anymore. You'll probably be over there in the portable or somewhere else. I have no idea. But then you'll go, I'll see it. I can't tell you how many of the young married couples and college students come back and go, man, I remember this. I'll, I'll ask them, what, what do you remember about our youth program? And you were here for five years. What do you remember? What did you like? And it's, it's amazing to me some of the things that they'll say, you know, I remember when we, we had this curriculum and, and I learned this. And man, I can see how that's impacted my life. I'm telling you, young people, get some godly wisdom in your life. It'll change everything. Change the way you see things the way you react to things, the way you live your life every day.